0: Thank you for your service, all you guys out there on the front line. We wanna be sure we're providing the tools and resources you need to see through through these tough times. To that end, NAC and our partners at BKD have produced a five-week series of podcasts to assist you in managing your fiscal solvency during these times. Please take a moment to listen. Afterwards, provide any questions or comments to me at trainingsnack.org. Your feedback is invaluable. I'm your host, Jervine Williams. I'm the director of NAC's Financial Trainings and Technical Assistance. Good afternoon. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Justin Kinsinger. He's a partner at BKD based out of Springfield, Missouri. So, yes, we're going to talk today about the Provider Relief Fund and Enhancement Act. So, Justin, what's an appropriate way to determine lost revenue for the purpose of the Provider Relief Fund?
1: Yeah, this has been one of the top questions we've been getting in the last week or two around the Provider Relief Fund, because there's a little confusion, even with it being addressed slightly in the Q&A session that's out there. Lost revenue, in my eyes, is truly organizational wide level. So there's been some confusion in the fact that the attestations folks are making, there's a question about net patient service revenue, and then it's followed by a question about lost revenue. Whenever I'm helping folks think through this, I'm really recommending they look at the organization-wide level. So if you look at your total budgeted net income or loss for a period of time versus what actually happens. So not just the, the lost net patient service revenue due to folks not coming in, but also really the impact making up the, the rest of the revenue with grants and other revenues coming in, for instance, the Provider Relief Fund.
0: So how will the Provider Relief Fund impact health centers?
1: I think it's going to have a, a big impact to health centers here. Even this week, there's been some deposits being made with the, the rural money that got pushed out. And that's been pretty significant for those rural based health centers. If you go back to the first couple general distributions, it's really had a pretty big impact to folks. It's really been able to make up for uh, really the lost revenue and the, those expenditures that, uh, that health centers continue to have, even though patients aren't coming in the door. Uh, and, and earning revenue for the organizations.
0: So my next question is a two-part question. How was the CARES Act funds allocated and what are the terms and conditions?
1: Yeah, this gets back to some confusion too. There the really, it's one pool of money in this provider release fund and the way they allocated it uh, was a little bit different. So the first hundred billion that was approved by the CARES Act was split into different components. The first 50 billion was allocated as part of a general distribution. So the first distribution that was made in early April was made based on Medicare fee-for-schedule type payments. And this was trued up in that second distribution. So in, in fact, the first two together was based on 2018 net patient service revenue of each organization and what that percentage was to the overall pool. That covers kind of the general distributions. The, out, the other ones that we're seeing now, like for instance, the rural distribution that got sent out a, a day or two ago was a specific allocation based on the, the rural sites. So there's $100,000 per site distribution plus additional out-of-pocket expenses for our community health centers. So for some of our rural health centers, that could be a significant amount of money. So there's also other distributions that are coming down the pipeline, and we don't know exactly how that's going to happen yet. But I would anticipate some sort of common theme there, focusing on the specific purpose of that piece of the, of the pool and how they're going to push that out to each health center.
0: So Justin, what are some of the terms and conditions for the CARES Act Fund?
1: Yeah, so there, there's a bunch of them. There's an actual an 11 page document that each health center is having to go and agree to the terms and conditions, but really the, the couple that I get the most questions about are relating to how to use the funds. So specifically in the terms and conditions, it says to prevent, prepare for, or respond to the coronavirus, and that the payment shall reimburse the, the health center or the recipient for only healthcare care related expenses or lost revenues attributable to the coronavirus. So that, that piece there is pretty key. The other piece that I think is the next term under the, in the terms of conditions, relates to, to the lack of being able to double-dip, essentially what that means. So you can't charge something to, to the Provider Relief Fund that essentially is being covered by another source of funds, whether that be the 330 grant, the SBA PPP loan, etc. cetera.
0: I would like to pivot and talk about telehealth and audio services only. For telehealth services, using audio only is considered a billable service. The telehealth service must be an interactive real time audio visual system. Is this accurate for Medicare? Please advise.
1: Yeah, it's not accurate that you can't bill. So on April 30th, 2020, CMS provided additional billing guidance around uh, audio only telehealth, proving that as a billable service. There's also additional information in the interim final rule that, that talks about that as well. But just note that this is really effective for services beginning March 1st of 2020. And there's a list of telehealth services that's been updated so that health centers and other providers can really understand what codes uh, are acceptable for audio only. To confuse things a little bit more, keep in mind the data service as well, because health centers, you'll continue to, to receive PPS rates from now until July 1st, that then that will ultimately get recouped and reconciled back to the $92 Medicare rate once that happens. Lastly, really telehealth, you need to focus on the fqhC PPS specific payment code. So there's three codes, 99441 through 99443. These codes uh, need to be held onto and not billed until after July 1st. That way you can get paid for those.
0: So for those audio only visits, We'll wait till after July 1st to get the ninety-two dollars and three cents. Correct. Justin, thanks so much for your time and your knowledge you um, shared with us today. You do great work for the health centers, and we really appreciate you. And we appreciate uh, the partnership with NAC and BKD.
1: Hey, no problem at all, Trevin. We're we're happy to help, and we're here for any additional questions that come up. Thank you very much.